We all do it anyways. We all live in a network. I mean, whether or not you define it as networking, every time you're talking to your friends or, you know, talking to your coworkers or just interacting socially in the world we live in, you're, you're networking. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further. You found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show David J.P. Fisher, president of Rockstar Consulting. David, also known as MCD Fish to his bandmates, is a speaker, entrepreneur, coach, salesman, writer, marketer, yoga enthusiast, and salsa dancer. He also happens to be the author of the book, Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What You Can Do About It. The book serves as a guide for modern professionals and walks the reader through the challenges and opportunities that exist in business networking. David believes networking is the difference between those who get by and those who are getting ahead. David, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Thank you for having me. Well, I tell you, I, this is an interesting, going to be an interesting conversation today because you are my 35th interview for the podcast, nice. my 35th guest. And to that number, each and every guest has said, mentioned, or contributes the word networking to some part of their success. And I just, you know, when you reached out to me and I saw that you had this book, I was like, well, there you go. I got to have David on the show so <laughs> we can talk about the thing that everybody else is talking about in a little bit more detail, which is networking. Love it. That's where we're, let's do it. Yeah. So we'll get into it. But before we get there, I got a couple questions. As you know, you've listened to the show before. So uh, hopefully you've prepared for these in advance. Uh, but if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go? You know, uh, I've been to many fantastic places around the world, but my favorite is still uh, Galway, Ireland. I have a brother who lives there, so I love visiting him and uh, finding a nice nice pub, getting a, a cold pint of Guinness. And if I could do that every year, I'll tell you what, it'd be a great reset to uh, the body, the mind, and the soul. So that's my pick. <laughs> okay. And while you're while you're there, which book are you currently reading or which book would you take with you? Uh, well, I, I love reading. So uh, this week I'm, I'm actually rereading Nassim Tlaib's Fooled by Randomness. Mm. A great exploration of kind of how our minds work and what we, what, what we do well and uh, maybe not so well when we're faced with uh, all the uncertainty of life. So I think it uh, applies not only to, to our personal lives and our business lives, but uh, it's always a favorite of mine. Okay. Um, and I'll get that one on our list of books recommended reading from our guests as well. Um, I'm going to have to add that one to my list too. Uh, my list is getting super long, as you could probably imagine <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I've got a stack of books in my home office here that I'm still trying to work through. So I get you. <laughs> okay. So I got a few questions here uh, unrelated to networking. Do you still play the drums? I do. I do. I actually have uh, have a drum set sitting uh, sitting right next to me in my home office, so I still get a chance to bang on those. And I did play in a band for a long time, and uh, was actually uh, also a rapper here and there. And that's where my nickname stemmed from. My bandmates did call me MCD Fish, a little jokingly, but then all my friends picked up on it. So pretty much the only people that still call me David are my mom and my fiance, but everybody else calls me D-Fish. Okay. okay. And so that was a hint. I should stop calling you David. <laughs> Just don't call me late for dinner. That's all I care. 
All right. So you, you mentioned this in your book and I am a, uh, I am a self-proclaimed video gamer as well. So what's your favorite Xbox game? Uh, right now, uh, Destiny has, has me, uh, in its thrall. My son, I can't tell you the number of hours my son has put into the game Destiny at this point. It's unbelievable. I'd rather not talk about how many hours I've put into it because it would just make me, uh, incredibly embarrassed I, I probably could have written a whole nother book or two with that time but <laughs> that's okay i am uh, right now i've actually been playing the last few weeks the uh, batman arkham knight that came out i don't know like june oh, or something that's a good one too yeah yeah I've, I've really enjoyed it i like all those batman games i like the stealth part of it and the you know the riddler jokes that you got to go solve in order <laughs> to do things the puzzles I, I i enjoy it it's fun um, I also would probably be embarrassed to tell you um, how how many uh, hours I've spent playing that game, but I've enjoyed every one of them. Exactly. We we all need a release. Some people like sports. Some people like television. You know, I like going and killing uh, aliens on the moon. So, <laughs> you know, and I gotta say, I don't think that there's too many people who could who wouldn't be able to say that if they just try it just once. Exactly. Exactly. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> well, maybe we'll share gamer tags later, and you and I can engage in a rousing game of Destiny sometime. <laughs> Sounds great. So, David, as we get into the discussion of your of networking and in your book, how to network in the 21st century, I, I wanted to kind of stay, take a step back. Let's zoom back from you know your career today and go back to you know the earlier days of MCD Fish <laughs> uh, when you weren't a networking rock star. Uh, you weren't the president of Rockstar Consulting. Um, you were doing um, you know roles and jobs that you know typically a lot of us did getting started out of college. So, can you kind of tell us where did where did you get started in your career? career path? And did you really sell knives door to door? <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Now, technically it wasn't door to door. It was only by referral, but uh, okay. yeah, I worked with a company called Cutco still around the best knives you'll ever find. So if you don't have them, I, I suggest you'll get some. And I actually paid my way through school selling knives in people's kitchens. And then uh, I actually ran their Chicago office for five years, which was, was actually a really interesting opportunity and a great one for me that definitely put me on this path because I had, geez, by the time I was you know 25 years old, I think I'd probably had almost 2,000 sales calls. Uh, I'd probably interviewed about five to 7,000 people. So it was just a, a, a wonderful, I call it the real world MBA. Like I was just interacting with people over and over and over throughout the day. And you, you kind of pick up what works and, and what doesn't very quickly, you know, because if not, you're, you aren't going to survive. And it, and it gave me enough time to still be, you know, MCD fish at <laughs> in the evenings. <laughs> well, that's important. We all got to have our thing to do in the evenings. That's for sure. So how did you go from selling knives to a position at Ajax Workforce Marketing where you were more in that in a training type role. Yeah, well, and I'd always done kind of sales training, you know, when I was running the organization. I was just training salespeople, kind of hard, old school, hardcore. Here's here's how you go and, and, you know, build rapport. Here's how you set up value and, and all that kind of good stuff. And then how do you close the, the sale? You know, after that, I, I took a brief stint working with uh, Brinks, the security company. I'm sure everybody knows them. I was their sales manager here in Chicago. I wasn't a great employee. I mean, I did. I, I worked really hard. I was very good, but I, I know that I'm better out on my own. And uh, so I actually then started Rockstar about, uh, gosh, a little almost uh, 10, 10 years ago and did that for a few years, got involved with um, some of the guys over at Ajax, by the way, through my network, right? I was introduced to them through, through my, my network. And we were poised at a really cool place where for a while we were the only certified partner of LinkedIn for training and branding in North America. So when LinkedIn's customers would call them up and say, okay, uh, well, what do we do with LinkedIn? LinkedIn would say, hey, call these guys. 
So it kind of gave me, gave me a really cool opportunity to be, you know, kind of really in, in the midst of what was going on there, which was, which was a lot of fun. And then, you know, as startups do, it evolved into something else. And I kind of had a chance to get back to my roots at, at Rockstar, which I've been doing for the past couple of years, uh, more full time. So it's been a lot of fun. So when, when you decided, okay, I'm not, I'm not really the greatest employee, what made you think Okay, I can go out and just I'm going to start a business. I can start Rockstar Consulting and I'm just going to change my career. What what was that thought or that moment where you said, "You know what? This is what I think I need to go do." Yeah, so th- there was uh, a couple parallel things going on. One is, I would almost say not enough forward thinking. Like if I really knew what I was getting myself into, I would have probably <laughs> gone, "Wait, hold on a second here." But uh, you know, I I'd, I'd always loved interacting with people. I actually I always loved selling. I'm I'm one of those weird people that I don't think sales is a four-letter word. And I really kind of looked at my opportunities, you know, going forward. And I was like, you know what? I love, I love selling myself. You know, it's something I can believe in and in, in the work that I do. And I love selling people on themselves. You know, I, I really looked at uh, a lot of my work, both as a, whether it's as a coach or a speaker, you know, even the work I'm doing as an author, it's, it's really just it's trying to get people to, to really see themselves in a different way and go, Hey, I can do that. Or, you know, in this case with networking, Hey, I can be a good networker. You know, so many people tell me to this day, gosh, I know I should be doing more networking or oh, networking. I hate networking. And, you know, you see people really struggle professionally because of that. I love kind of using these sales skills, which are, you know, influence skills to go, no, no, you can do it. And I love hearing the success stories after that. So that was, that was kind of the reason I jumped in. I was like, I'm going to try this. And, and there was nobody around to, to dissuade me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey, 10 years later, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. And, you know, as I tell my, my, my mom, who's, you know, still always says, well, why don't you get a real job? I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm paying my bills. Uh, I'm putting money in the bank, you know, and I'm loving it. Right. So why would I ever do that? Well, I mean, I'm glad you took the path you did because I can tell you that your book, Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What You Can Do About It was a fantastic book to read. Oh, thank you. Lots of lots of great, just, you know, high level advice, uh, but also, you know, just advice to kind of motivate people and let people know that you can do this. It is possible. And I just found it really engaging and, uh, you know, kind of written at a level where everybody can understand it. But the one question that I think everybody gets confused and they hear this word networking and they kind of shrink and they shrivel up. And, and I've heard a few different definitions of it now from other guests. So I'm curious, what is your definition of networking? Awesome question. And, you know, I think you're, you're really touching on an important idea, which is we all have this image of what networking is. And the problem is for most of us, it's, it's a definition that hurts us, right? It holds us back from actually taking action. But the reality is, is networking, because it is such a broad concept, I always tell people, hey, just define it however you want to define it in a way that's going to help you. You know, for me, in the, in the definition I talk about in the book is networking, uh, it's building a web of relationships with other people so that you can find mutual support and find business solutions. Nailed Something it. Something like that. Did yeah, I you get close? It. All right. It's good. like you wrote the book. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, I mean, that's, and again, that's, and I tell people all the time, it's a definition I use. You can come up with other ones that are just as valid. But for me, networking is really, we all do it anyways. We all live in a network, right? I mean, whether or not you define it as networking, every time you're talking to your friends or, you know, talking to your coworkers or just in, interacting socially in the world we live in, you're, you're networking. Um, 
you know, so I think it's just a matter of kind of bringing some awareness and some intention to those relationships. Um, you know, if you think about how many people find their significant other, it's, it's through networking, it's through their friend or, you know, they're at a party that their friend threw and their coworker was there and, you know, they, uh, started flirting and you know, things worked out. <laughs> and, and so, you know, networking is kind of like, it's, it's business dating in some ways, just without the uh, idea of trying to get married to just one person. It's actually allowed to <laughs> network with many people at once. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of brings the, uh, an, another question, which is if people understand that piece of it, I mean, why, why would they want to build a network that say is beyond their circle of friends or their small circle of influence? Why, why would you, why would they want to take the time to do that? Yeah. So it's really interesting. And it's something that uh, I dive into pretty deeply in the book. The, the research on networking shows that most of the opportunity that we, we get through what's called, you know, quote unquote networking is not through the people that we know well. It's through uh, what a sociologist Mark Granovetter called weak connections, people that you only see every once in a while. And it actually makes a lot of sense because the people that we see all the time, they know the same stuff we do. It's the people that we don't see all the time. They're in these different pools of information, this, these different pools of knowledge. And it's, it's when we kind of tangentially run into those people, whether it's, uh, you know, at a class reunion or, you know, a networking event, you know, kind of a, a more formal networking event. It's when we kind of bump into those other spheres of influence and knowledge that we get opportunities. I always use the example of finding out about new music. So, you know, playing in a band, still DJ, love music. You don't find out about the new band from people that you see all the time because they're listening to the same stuff you are. It's, it's those random conversations you have with somebody or you're, you're in a car with somebody that you're not usually in the car with and they're listening to something. You're like, wow, what's that? That's awesome. And then they tell you and then you go check it out and then you share that with the rest of your ne- you know, internal network, so to speak. And, and it, it's the same in business. So that, that's why I say it's really important that you get out beyond those inner circles that we see every day. One of my guests, Richard Kirby, he was the first one to mention networking is a skill. It's something that you can mm-hmm. develop over time, but in order for people to be able to develop that skill, they have to get past some of these common quote unquote, and I'm holding my fingers up for air quotes, reasons for not wanting to go networking. And I'm curious, since you talk to so many people, what are some of the most common reasons that you hear that people do not want to go networking? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a, a lot of them. I think one of the biggest things that stops people is actually just thinking that they don't have the personality for it, um, right? We hear there's like this whole introvert, extrovert distinction out there right now, which I actually think is kind of a false distinction. I don't think that we're either or. We're, most of us are a mix of both in some ways. Um, but it's hard to meet new people, right? We, we don't like going to parties that we don't know anybody. Why would we want to go to a networking event where we don't know anybody? So I think a lot of people buy into this, oh, I'm just not built for it. It's just for the salespeople who are gregarious and love, you know, they're the life of the party. That's who who it's for. So I hear that a lot, just, you know, the personality issue. I hear also, and this is legit, just a time crunch, right? We all have so many things to do. So the idea of going, great, I have to go have these other conversations, build these other relationships. It, it just becomes daunting to people. So I think those are, are really the the two. And actually, I guess I would add probably a third one, which is a lot of people, they're afraid of asking for help, or they don't really know how to ask for help. They don't want to be seen as somebody who's building relationship manip- and just trying to manipulate somebody, right? I'm going to I'm gonna be your friend, but only because I'm going to ask you for something. And nobody wants to be inauthentic, right? So uh, because they don't know how to, to network and engage authentically, 
it's just easier to not engage at all. Yeah. I wonder too, if it's because maybe they've had a bad experience with that, you know, that person who came up and, you know, before they even shake your hand or introduce themselves, they're handing you the business card, <laughs> you know, asking yep. you, asking you for work. And it just kind of puts a bad taste in people's mouth. You know, I can tell you since I've started, I'm finding, you know, exactly what you just said is true. The people that I associate with most know all the same stuff that I do. It's the people outside of that scope that are really impacting not just me personally from friendships that I'm gaining as I do this, but also professionally in that I get a different opinion on a topic that I think I'm pretty familiar with that helps to change or shape the opinion that I have currently and it makes it something better. You know, Claudia Altucher likes to likes to use the term because she, she wrote the book, The Idea Machine. I don't know if you've read that one, but if not, it's a really good book. She uses the term idea sex, where you take two different points of view, two different ideas, and you kind of mash them together and you come up with something new. And to me, that's what networking can lead you in a completely different direction in your thinking and even in your career path if you do it right. Do you have any examples of people that you've worked with who've maybe been able to leverage networking uh, either for the betterment of themselves personally or professionally. Yeah, I mean, so so how many? I, and by the way, I love uh, Altucher's work and Idea Sex is a great idea because because really, there's nothing new under the sun, right? It's it's all about people taking two disparate ideas and going, hey, we're going to put this together and try something else. You know, one one that just happened very recently, which which I love, is uh, somebody who's was actually a, a business client of mine for for years. We've become friends because, as you pointed out, there that usually you know our friendships and our, our our business world tend to wonderfully infiltrate each other. But I was just talking with her the other day. She has a new job. And she actually got it using her LinkedIn network. She she saw that there was a job posting that she was very interested in. She did a little research, found out that somebody in her network here in Chicago was uh, who was a, was a, a CEO and knew it was connected to the CEO of this hedge fund. Was able to not only you know get an introduction, but got an interview within like three days, right? Because basically, you know, their their the shared connection was like you need to talk to this potential candidate. She's amazing. And of course, you know, the, the CEO is like, yeah, let's get her in here right away. You know, I, I think of, you know, even just myself personally, I, I almost never do business these days with somebody that I don't know. You know, I always go to my network for help with anything. You know, it's funny. I, I actually recently got engaged, which is well, very exciting. Congratulations. Kind of Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, talking to my fiance about, you know, wedding planning and, you know, she's got lots of ideas, but I'm also like, Hey, okay. I know a lot of people, you know, this is how we're going to do our wedding. You know, I know yeah. a guy who runs a wedding band. I know photographers, I know videographers, I know flower people. <laughs> and what I, what I think for most people, what good networking does is it just, it, it facilitates life not just business, but just life in general. It makes things easier. And that's what we're trying to do is just make things a little easier. Uh, you know, you said something as you were talking there, people, you know, you do business with people, you know, and then that just kind of brings up the old saying, you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Yep. And one of the ways you get there is through networking. Absolutely. What do you think of the argument? Uh, Cause I've heard this and I'm sure you have too, but people say, you know what? I may have the time to network, but I don't have, I just can't manage all these different connections. Is there a limit say to the number of people that we can actually keep in our network? Uh, absolutely. And in fact, that's uh, one of the reasons why most people's network sucks <laughs> is that, <laughs> um, you know, humans actually aren't wired to, to maintain thousands of connections. Uh, the science actually shows it's about 150. Before we had some of the technology, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, to actually manage these, 
the people who were really good at networking and were trying to have more than these 150 or 200 or so relationships, they were just hustling and they were, you know, taking tons of notes and they had systems in place and, you know, CRM systems and all that. And it, it really is a struggle because it's, it's hard for us to manage those, the, that many relationships at once. Uh, but, and this is what I think is really one of the paths forward to being successful with networking. This is where technology has really saved us. And it gives us some amazing tools. And it's one of the reasons why I love social media. You know, I, obviously I've written a book on LinkedIn. I love Twitter. I love social media. But I don't think it's the end-all be-all by any means. But what I do think it does, it gives us a way to manage those weak relationships I was talking about really well. You know, I can't call up, uh, you know, 1,500 people and tell them about something that's like going on in, in my business world. or You know, hey, my new book is being, you know, released in a couple weeks that's never going to happen. But I can send out a tweet. I can send out a LinkedIn SaaS update and, and then let my network interact with that in their own time. And I think that that's one of the ways that we can start to manage these larger networks and get past. Because I think it's a valid, valid argument that it's hard to manage that many relationships. But there's tools now that we can use to get past that. Yeah, and I want to get into some of those tools, uh, but I, I would assume those tools would be a part of an overall networking plan. Absolutely. And so I'm wondering if it, let's let's say that the people who are listening right now have have been convinced to this point, they know they need to do something when it comes to networking, but you know now they're now they're thinking, okay, what do I go do? What does what does putting together a networking plan look like? How do, how do you do that? And and I assume as a part of that, we can talk about you know how do you identify people you'd want to network with? Sure, I think. Having a networking plan in place is really important, but one of the things I also say to people is keep it really doable. There's a, a lot of great writers and speakers and coaches on networking out there right now. One thing I see over and over is this this really intricate networking plan, and you've got to like have spreadsheets and stuff. And what I've found is if things are hard, people don't do it. So for me, a networking pl plan is something you can just write up on the back of a, a cocktail napkin or something if you're just waiting for somebody or when you're on your commute. And a couple key things to identify. I think the first, and this is often the hardest thing, is what are you actually trying to do in your, your professional life? I, I've you know been coaching people now for 10 years, and it's, it's amazing, by the way, how it doesn't matter what role you are. I've asked that to CEOs of big companies. I've asked that to people just starting their own businesses and everywhere in between. And it, it's sometimes hard to encapsulate your goals in, in a short, succinct way, but I think that's critical. So are you trying to find a new job? Are you trying to find a, you know, or, or move up in a company? Are you trying to find new clients? Are you trying to find a possible partner for a startup? Whatever it is, you have to identify it because, it, you know, as the Cheshire Cat once said, uh, if you don't know where you're trying to go, then any road will take you there. So that's, that's often the first step. And then it's, it's really going, okay, if I'm trying to accomplish X, who are the two or three types of people uh, that I'm trying to connect with? So is it, are they going to be, um, again, if they're, let's say you're a salesperson or even better, you're a small business owner, a solopreneur, and you, you want to work with attorneys. It might make sense. You go, okay, well, I need to connect with attorneys, but then who, who else is in the network of attorneys, right? And you go, well, maybe it might be CPAs or other professionals who interact with, with attorneys. And, and you identify at least two or three demographic groups. And then I think the third step is simply to go, okay, well, where are those people? Just like a marketing executive or an ad executive, you know, would go, okay, well, we need to, you know, target this market. Where, where are they spending their time? You know, if, if you're selling yachts, then you go to the country club, right? If you're selling tools, you know, mechanics tools, well, you go where the mechanics are. It's amazing how many times there's a disconnect in people's lives. You, 
uh, as far as networking is concerned, where they go, well, I want to meet these kind of people, but then they don't go to where those people are. <laughs> you know, they just go to like, well, I'm going to go to the Chamber of Commerce networking event because it has networking in the title. And you're like, no, you, you might have to think, you know, one or two degrees deeper or maybe think a little tangentially about where you're spending your time. When, when you're getting started in your plan, I, do you recommend finding, say, more strong connections first versus weak connections? Um, or will the strong connections bring weak connections? I mean, how, do, how does that work? Where should you, you know, if you're identifying those two or three people, would they be considered more strong, more of a strong connection or a weak connection? Yeah. So I actually think it's usually useful to identify the, the areas where you can find weak connections because the weak connect, connections will become strong connections, uh, the right ones. And there's actually this really interesting dance that we go through in our lives where people become strong connections and then fall out of being a strong connection uh, in our life. And that's natural and normal. It's, you know, when we're in high school, we have deep relationships with a lot of our classmates. If you're like me and high school is getting farther and farther in the rearview mirror, I, I don't have deep relationships with all those people, right? Uh, but that's actually the human mind's way of opening up new opportunities. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of showing up, meeting people, and seeing what naturally comes from. Like, you can't force relationships, right? And if you do, it doesn't work. It's counterproductive. So, I, you know, there's, there's some interesting relationships, I mean, friendships that I have now that definitely came out of my business networking. But I didn't walk into the room going, I'm going to be this person's good friend. It's just, you know, there was definitely some, and I hate the word, but synergy between us professionally. But then, hey, you know, there's somebody that, that I liked and they liked me and, you know, kind of hung out. In that way, it is kind of like dating. You know, you go on a lot of first dates. Some of them work out. Some of them don't. And, you know, some, some keep progressing. And I think that's the better way of approaching it as opposed to going, hey, I, I know this person will be a good connection for me. I'm going to reach out and they're going to be my best friend whether they like it or not. That's just creepy. Yeah, yeah there you <laughs> go. Well, it's, it's also another way to help us keep stay within that 150 number um, that Dunbar tells us about too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it, as we, as we, you know, as our networks kind of grow and shrink or ebb and flow, um, as we meet new people and, uh, you know, other people kind of fall away, you, you mentioned it earlier, part of, you know, part of the genius of the weak connection is staying somewhat in touch with them over time so that you can, I guess, I'll, I'll say this word, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you can uh, hopefully leverage their network as well. Absolutely. Staying in touch with them now, I think, becomes a lot easier with the introduction, we'll say, of social media, even though it's been around for a long time. But which ones do you recommend for people who now, you know, they've identified those goals they kind of have a rough idea of where people hang out and maybe even know the names of a few people they want to go talk to. Which social media tools would you recommend they use first to kind of get started in that whole process? Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, there's me some bias in here. And I think part of the approach to social media does have to depend on your goals, right? There is not a one size fits all solution. That being said, I think for most professionals these days, LinkedIn is definitely for professional networking a place to start, both with the, the playing defense, which for me is creating a really good profile. And you've, you've had some great guests on lately that have shared with your listeners some really powerful ways of creating a good profile. But you need to have that because that's, that's just how you show up. And I love when people, and I'm saying that sarcastically, I love when people have horrible LinkedIn profiles, but they want to keep posting status updates and stuff <laughs> because it's like going to a networking event without showering or bathing or putting on nice clothes. <laughs> You're just creating a horrible impression. And, right. um, 
it, it's the same as if you don't have that good presence. So I love LinkedIn to do that. But then also, uh, you know, the status update feature for right now, and this is, this will probably change, um, cause things evolve and, and change over time. But right now, you know, the ability to, to share, you know, just through simple status updates, you know, what's, what's happening in your career, but also some, you know, relevant information that uh, could help your network. I think that's a really good, good th thing to be doing. Uh, we could talk for another, you know, hour about that. So uh, but that's one idea. And I, I think it's a really great place to, to stay in touch with people that you already know. Uh, I personally like Twitter for reaching out to people and staying in touch with people that I don't know. It's a, you know, there's, there's a, it's a very flat world, right? Your ability to reach out to people that are, you know, relatively, let's say, you know, high up, you know, in their fields, for example, it's, it's much easier through Twitter. And I, I like that. Facebook is still really tough. I, I think for professional networking, most of us aren't conversant with how to balance the professional and personal uh, on Facebook. So I usually suggest staying away from that. And then this also depended upon what a person's doing. I love the idea of putting together some sort of ongoing uh, e-newsletter. And you know what? It doesn't, you don't have to have a business to do that. I actually get one from somebody in my network uh, once a quarter and, you know, he, he doesn't have his own business. He's, he works for someone else, but he always just says, Hey, here's, you know, a couple things that are going on. He's also a musician as well. He goes, here's a couple of cool songs I've heard lately. And it's interesting because it just stays, you know, top of mind. In fact, I just had a, a client that I started working with who I met at a networking event eight years ago. And it was just a matter of, we just, I just stayed in touch with her. You know, she was seeing me on, on LinkedIn. I was seeing her on LinkedIn. She was getting my e-newsletters and, you know, she, now she had the need, you know, for, for what I could do. And so I think that's an important thing is, is just staying present and letting the opportunities kind of bubble up when, when it's appropriate. Yeah. One of my earlier guests, Carl Hughes, he mentioned networking and he actually keeps, I know, I know you mentioned this earlier, but he actually does keep a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. but he said he keeps a spreadsheet of no more than 50 people. I believe it was that number. His goal for those 50 is to reach out to them twice a year. Perfect. And so, you know, just, and it, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be an email. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing these things. This is, you know, it's just staying in touch and keeping you know those those uh, weaker connections still attached to you, so they know that you're around because you don't want to you don't want to reach out to them. I assume five years later, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's that's how he does it, and it works really effective for him. But I think really what you're kind of getting at is people need to develop a plan that works for them, and if they can leverage and use social media to help keep those uh, weak connections in place, it, all the better. A absolutely. I mean, I actually have, and this, I mean, let's talk about old school. I don't have a spreadsheet. I just have an outlook reminder pop up for certain people in my network that, uh, that are here in the Chicago area that I have lunch with once a quarter. Right. And it's interesting. Some of them are direct, like, Hey, they're in my, you know, my industry or they're, they could be potential clients or referring to clients. But a lot of them are just people that I really enjoy getting something you said before. It's just getting different perspectives and, diff, you know, hearing what's going on with them and, you know, we have these great conversations. And in fact, sometimes those are the most valuable conversations and I'm not even, I'm not even expecting something to come out of it, but you know, it does. So for me, it, it can be just as simple as having that reminder. The, the reality is we're just not going to do it, you know, on our own. So whatever your system is, just have a system. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, you just reminded me you, you and, uh, Carl both live in Chicago. So I'm going to have to introduce the two of you right there. That would be great. I, I think there's some uh, mutually beneficial things you can <laughs> both provide. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw networking in action. <laughs> Take a picture. 
All right. So I want to move in and start, I want to talk about some tactics now. Um, yeah. We've kind of, we've been, you know, kind of high level a little bit, but I want to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty. And one of the, one of the things that I struggle with personally, and I'm trying to do a much better job of it. Uh, but you know, when it's, when the name is D fish, it makes it easier. <laughs> but how, how do you, how do you recommend people remember someone else's name? You know, they walk up to them at a networking event shake hands, they introduce themselves that, you know, they say their name. And then 10 minutes later you go, I don't remember that person's name. (laughs) How, how, do you have any tips or tactics that people can use to help them remember someone's name? Yeah. So the first thing to remember is that there's a bunch of tactics. We've all read the articles. Um, people's minds work differently. There's a couple different ways that our brains are organized. Some like, you know, visual cues, some people like audio. So you always have to pick something that works for you. The biggest suggestion I would make to everybody is to actually pay attention when somebody tells you their name. You would be surprised, because I, and I do this all the time, when somebody's telling us their name, we're usually thinking of what we're going to say next. Guilty. And, and that lack of presence is actually the biggest challenge. Like, we didn't pay attention the first time around. So it, it takes some, some getting used to, but uh, when you meet somebody, just really focusing on them for that three seconds where they say their name is huge. I'm a visual person. So I actually, when I, when I meet them, I actually imagine their name spelled out on a piece of paper. Mm. And in fact, with most people, as long as they have a somewhat either distinctive name or one that can be spelled different ways, I'll ask them how they spell it. Even if it's like Jenny or Carrie, I'll be like, Hey, is that with a Y is it with an I E? Because first of all, people like that because they're sick of having their names right. <laughs> misspelled, but then I actually spell it. So that that's just a trick that works for me. I think you can definitely do the association game, which a lot of people talk about. The, the other idea I have for people is if you've forgotten someone's name, don't freak out about it. Don't act, make it a big deal. Just say, oh, you know what? It's so nice to see you again. Please forgive me. I forgot your name. Mm. Uh, can you remind me? Because we all know that we live in, in this society now where there are so many opportunities to meet people. And people you know, say that to me all the time. I go, oh, yeah, David. And, and, you're, and then you move on. And then you go, no, it's D-Fish. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I think this was definitely a, something that was beaten into us you know, 50 years ago when we didn't meet as many people. But I can walk into a room now, a networking event, and there's 50 people in that room. Right? We go to conferences with two or 3,000 people. Just, just accept that you, you're not going to remember everybody because they don't either. And, you know, just move past it and, and move on. Don't let it be a barrier. So I, I think another thing that people get anxious about at networking events or even just, you know, uh, after work gatherings, if you will, is figuring out how to keep the conversation moving. And there's a, <laughs> right? there's a method called the next question uh, that you talk about in your book. Can you give us a little bit about what, what is that next question method? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this was actually something good that I learned, uh, slinging blades back in the day. It was kind of how to have a conversation with anybody and uh, give credit where credit's due is an adaption from, uh, uh, Dale Carnegie, right? The, the kind of godfather of personal development and, and, you know, human interaction. And he always, he had a great quote, uh, you can make more friends in two months by being interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. And so the, so my approach is always, I don't want to talk. If I can just let them talk, everything's good. And so what the next question is, is just the idea of, of asking a question, which everybody can do, um, and preferably one that's a little open-ended or, you know, re- requires more than a yes or no. But our natural instinct, unfortunately, is then to respond to what they just said with a statement, 
right? So I go, hey, oh, where are you from originally? And well, here I'd say it's where are you from originally, Ryan? Uh, Anderson, Indiana. Very cool. I'm from uh, Milwaukee originally. Oh, okay, good. Right. So then it stops, and we're like, now we're staring at each other. Right. So the idea of the next question is, uh, you know, oh, you're from from Indiana. You know, how'd you like that? Or what, when when did you leave? Or what what caused you to move? Right. Any of those conversation conversational questions takes the conversa- conversation in another direction, and you you find out a ton about a person. And in fact, it, you don't want to interrogate them, but you, <laughs> you, you you once you get comfortable with this, you. I've actually had people say about me, and it was kind of a, a, a wonderful pat on my back. They're like, you are such a great conversationalist. And I realized I hadn't said anything. Mm. They didn't know anything about me. But You just listened. Yeah. And people, I mean, for as much information as the, there is out there right now, what we all kind of want is somebody just to listen to our, our story, and listen to us, mm. and pay attention to us for a second. So that that's it's an amazing gift that you can give to other people, but it it really just ties them into you. And, and there's a, a huge level of trust that's created. It, you know, there's a, you said a great, um, a great thing earlier. We only do business with people we know, like, or trust. Um, we like people who like us, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so if you show some interest in another person, it's, it's huge. Right. So that's, that's what the next question is. Just go, instead of me having to say something, I'm just going to be a reporter and find out all about this person. Interesting. I'm going to try that next time I'm at a conference, especially because that's, that's like a prime place where people are just trying to, you know, you, you get introduced to hundreds of people over the course of two or three days. And usually it's, it's just what we did. It's that real short, yep. quick whip. And then somebody goes, okay, well, I'm on to, you know, I'm on to the next person. So I'm going to try that next time. Well, and what's great is if you keep asking people questions and finding out about them, it very naturally turns around. They want to find out about you because now they're genuinely interested. So now l- let's assume we have the conversation. We find, you know, you, you do find a connection or, a, you know, weak or strong if you spend much time together during the conference, but you want to follow up with that person. Is there a right way to do that? So, so the right way to follow up with somebody is just to follow up. <laughs> that seems <laughs> right? hard. Uh, it, well, based on how many people actually do it, it must be. I, I follow up is, is critical. You know, networking is not transactional. It's relational. Relationships happen over time, right? Uh, I, I think a couple things that are, are really important. One is the quick email is so powerful, so easy, and yet most people don't do it. Um, even just to, hey, it was great meeting you. I actually, to, to kind of let you behind the curtain, I have a template saved on my, uh, in my Outlook. You could save it on Google. It's just, hey, it was nice to meet you at blank. You know, if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. Um, just that very simple email just is another impression. Uh, I, I love following up with people for coffee if it's, you know, doable, if you're geographically close or even just with a quick phone call. You know, I kind of do that, you know, based on, you know, if I think there's uh, some good business connections or opportunities between the two of us, either they could help me or I could help them or genuinely just if I like them. You know, I mean, I'm kind of at the point, my, my network's big enough. And, and I think this is really for most, most of us. Time is short. I don't want to hang out with people I don't like. You know, if you're really negative or you're just a pain or you're shallow, it's, I don't have time for that. And there's just so many really awesome, genuine, authentic people. Some of the, again, some of the best conversations I've had for quote unquote business networking are people where I'm like, wait, there's no obvious business connection here, but you're really cool. Let's have a conversation. And then, Half an hour into the, the conversation, you realize that they actually know somebody, you know, at at the the company that I'd love to go, you know, talk to. Or we just have this really weird, you know, 
coincidence connection. And that's, I mean, that's just the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Carl, who lives in Chicago, he, he likes coffee too. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I actually love tea, but uh, you know, any beverage you'll do. It depends on if it's before or after five o'clock. You know? All right. La- uh, last question for you. And then we're sure. going to start to wrap up. Um, I, if, if you could give people one tip for using Twitter to help them build their network, what oh, would geez, it be? One, one tip for Twitter. The, the, the tip would be to actually follow more people and use, so two things, follow more people and you, and put those people into lists so you can actually listen to what they're saying. Twitter, Twitter list can be a very powerful thing. Um, especially if you use it. The only thing I don't like about them is you can't use them on your phone. Let's, let's not talk about that. Cause then we'll have to go into some, uh, some, some bitching and moaning because it's awful. <laughs> I know you gotta be in front of a PC. They're great, but you gotta be in front of a computer screen, you know, in order to be able to really take advantage of it. And honestly, 90% of the time that I use Twitter, I'm on my phone. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you, but that's the, the, the challenge I think with Twitter is just, it, it is like a 300 million person networking cocktail reception. And it can get so overwhelming, but, uh, I think, you know, really identifying to, by the way, I do have, and I think this is a great idea where you, those, those 50 contacts that we mentioned earlier and the other, uh, follow-up system. I love the idea of taking one of your lists and going, this is my, I have what's called the circle of 20, you know, which is the 20 people who I just want, I want to get to know better. I want to listen to what they're saying. You know, they're usually people I've interacted with once or twice. And, and that's what I, one of the tools I use just to keep in touch with them. So I think that's a great list uh, to create. All right. Uh, D Fish, what is the best way for the listeners to get in touch with you? Twitter always works. D Fish Rockstar. And then, of course, LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash imdfish. But probably the easiest is just go to my website, which is imdfish.com, I-A-M-D-F-I-S-H.com. Okay. And I'm going to plug your book one more time because Please I do. thought it was very good. And it's not just one book. It's actually a series of books. Um, you have, you know, kind of a book about networking that's all about networking. And then you have one on how to do networking on LinkedIn. And I believe your third one is um, how millennials can network as well, correct? Uh, yep. How millennials can use networking. And then we have one coming out in September called, uh, we're actually in a couple weeks now, specifically for internal corporate networking. So if you work for a big company, we'll teach you how to, how to network internally. Okay, awesome. How can listeners who'd like to get uh, a copy of any of those books, where, where do you send them? Right to Amazon. If you, uh, if you search networking in the 21st century, w- w- they'll be the first ones that pop up. All right, David, any final thoughts, words of wisdom, any tips, tactics, anything you'd like to leave with uh, any of the listeners today as they are thinking now very strongly about, I need to go out and do some more networking? The biggest tip is just do something. You, just, you, you can't just uh, think about networking and see success or results or anything. Just like you can't go to the, just think about going to the gym to get in better shape. Just do something, take that first step, whether it's reaching out to somebody you know for a cup of coffee, going to an event, sitting down and making your plan. But, you know, action will always uh, trump just thinking about it. Awesome. Maybe that's why I've just been thinking about going to the gym since January. Maybe I should go do something. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David, it has been absolutely my pleasure having you on. I greatly appreciate your time and the wisdom that you have shared today. Thank you very much. And I wish you the best of luck with your upcoming book launch. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm dedicating today's show to Christy. I met Christy at FinCon recently. She's a self-proclaimed introvert. As we spoke, I could tell she was nervous, but she was also courageous. 
Here she was at a big conference putting herself out there, making herself uncomfortable because she knows networking will help her both personally and professionally. She was taking action, which is another reoccurring theme that we've heard on this podcast. You see, it doesn't matter if the action you take is perfect or not. What matters is that you did something. Networking might scare you when you think about it, like it does for Christy, but you do it every day. When you get a referral from somewhere to an auto repair shop because your newly licensed son wrecked his car, or you're in the market for a new dentist, each of these interactions is networking. And since you already do it on a daily basis, isn't it about time you start using your skill to help you out professionally as well? If networking really does give you the willies and you need some additional information, I do highly recommend David's books. They are packed full of great information about your mindset and the tactics that you can take to start building your network today. You can even now pick up a copy of his latest book that he mentioned at the end of the show, which is all about how to network within your company. David, thank you for sharing your networking wisdom with us today. And for you listeners, take a lesson from both Christy and David. Get out there and do something. Start building your network now before you need it. As usual, you can find the show notes on the blog, this time over at ryanroten.com forward slash David Fisher. Thank you all for listening today. I know you have many and growing choices of podcasts to listen to, and I appreciate you choosing to spend some of your time with me. If you haven't done so already, head on over to ryanroten.com and take my free online brand assessment. Because after networking, it's a natural thing these days for people to want to look you up online. If you take the assessment, you'll learn your online brand score and how you can make sure that your new networking connections find what you want them to find. That's all the time we have left for today. Remember, you can build your network. You just have to go out and do something about it. So until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. This week's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roten, and the intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundrose.